Fulhamish is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish podcast. Hello listeners, it's the Fulhamish podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name is Jack Collins, and with your normal skipper sidelined with appendicitis, I've taken on the armband to look back at our chastening defeat at the hands of the Cherries this weekend. You'll be pleased to know that Sammy's made a full recovery and will be back in the hot seat soon. But to join me today, I have three of Fulham's finest surgeons to dissect the carcass of Saturday's performance. Farrell, the mad monk, heads up general practice. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> We're lucky enough to have the Photoshop surgeon Adam Fakarson here. All right. And as ever, to my right is the ever-dependable head of the alcohol-related injuries ward, Don Betts. Yeah, it's never going to be the left, so yeah. <laughs> Don Betts is here as always. Hello, everyone. Faz, as the baton of secretarial duties passes to you today, do you want to walk us through some three-word reviews? I'd absolutely love to, and I'm going to go to Twitter because there was about five billion of you that responded. They always tend to go up after a defeat. And as yeah, this we, was we always do better when we lose. Yeah, engagement goes through the roof. Keep losing, Fulham. So we'll start off with DJ H's at 1966 FFC. Blame Sammy's appendix, which got a lot of love on Twitter. Did. Richard Solbambers, 28 goals later. I like that. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, I did like that one. Greg Keynes, Halloween came early. Vincent Leyenda with cherries on top. And finally, John Brooker's The Born Supremacy. That's very clever, actually. Yeah, Fair I quite play. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some very good three-way reviews. The creativity comes out with the anger. Yeah, it's good. It's good. This is the, the difference between us as a fan base, I think, and some others that we see. Cardiff just get angry that we called them teams like Cardiff. And then we've got us, you know, puns all over the gap, so that's good. <laughs> just before we get started, just a reminder that Fulhamish is back this season by Labrooks. And for exclusive specials and promotions, head to bet.fulhamish.co.uk. So, Adam, let's get cracking into this and, and get it out of the way, I suppose. It's probably the best way of doing it. Let's start with the formation. What was your take on it when you saw it first? 3-5-2, 4-4-2, Well, I mean, it, was, it, it looked on paper like it was going to be a 4-4-1-1. Um... But it, no one really knew by the time kickoff came, um, and you saw everyone was kind of waiting to see where's uh, where's Lamarchon going to play, where's Seth going to play, because that's going to going to tell us a little bit more about the formation. And I still didn't know come ten minutes in. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not a good sign, is it, Dom? No, I didn't have a clue what we were playing. I was like, what, what, who's playing where? Because it could have been about three different systems. I, I think they didn't know what it was. That's probably the whole issue here. Maybe Slav went with the old. We don't know what we're playing. There's absolutely no, no way. That's no, very fluid, game. mate. There's <laughs> interchanging formations. Before the game, we were arguing whether after the lineup came out whether it's going to be a four-four-two or four-five-one or a four-two-three-one um, again, and. Even after the game, we were all going, well, what formation was it? We're still not entirely sure what kind of formation we we were playing. Like, it seemed to change periodically. And, you know, there was people switching positions all the time. You know, for example, was LaMarchon playing left back or left centre back or left wing back or on the pitch? I'm not entirely yeah. sure. I think something that was interesting, I don't know if any of you have seen MJG's graphic today that he put out on Twitter, where basically everybody's average position was in the centre circle. Yeah, I think that was one of the problems as well, is that you have, if you look at the average positions, you've got McDonald was in front of Seri for most of the game. Seri was dropping back further deep. And you just you, you think if, if McDonald's t- told to stay in his own half and play that CDM role, he wasn't really playing it. And you could say that about most players on the pitch. They weren't sticking to their positions. So we'll move on from the formation to the personnel. It was equally as confusing. Abubakar Kamara obviously came in. No Luciano Vieto again. Kamara had an absolute mare. I suppose we should probably take this from the top and, and go. He started well, actually. It was that sort of backwards looping header that, that went a little bit wide and, and then it went to pot. Yeah, I mean, it was quite similar to... Not I suppose thought it was obviously it was obviously a lot better, but he would get to that point where if he, when he was on the ball he was driving the ball forward, but that doesn't really help the way we were playing. It was totally counteractive, and I don't understand when you got Luciano Vieto at one point. I think someone said on, on Jack Cady's fan cams that he was like the top assister in the league. So why is he not playing? And he's been a very critical player for us this season. I mean, even like the likes of Cabano and Aite were fit, so surely they would have been even better options. I mean, Kamara's useless. John Dagerthorn Steinson would have gone ahead. Cyrus Christie at right wing, I would have just had bring Alex Kakanikic back. He'd Honestly, probably, and probably anyone. be better. I mean, just I don't understand what. Kamara's got over Slav. I can't believe that Ayita and Cabana didn't make the bench. Mm. I mean, if that's the way that he's looking at playing with a fast right winger 
and he's thinking, right, I'm going to just play someone to get in behind, and he's thinking, Cabano's not even making the bench in that. Bizarre, isn't it? Well, yeah, and yes, uh, Abubakar Kamara has a lot of effort, and he, I think the fans do get behind, like, like his, his sheer effort. I like his effort as well, but he's just not technically good enough for this for the Premier League. He's and not technically good enough for the Championship. Well, he, he, he only started, what, two or three games before the end of last Precisely. season? Precisely. And yeah, you know, he was he was good for those games and we gave credit when credit's due, but he's now had two and a half appearances in the Premier League and it's just it's just not good enough. And we had some very ready made people to come on in Aite and Cabano, who are natural right wingers, who have done excellent jobs for us when they've actually played, and yet one wasn't even in the squad. I just it, it boggles my mind a little bit, especially when Luciano Vieto, although he does have his critics, it you know, proof is in the pudding and he's been good for us and no one on the on on here and no one i've been speaking to has actually said let's drop vieto yeah no i don't think so let's come on to the the big talking point in terms of what everyone else saw and that was obviously the dive from the back it's bad isn't it it's ludicrously (laughs) bad like it's awful like i don't i don't understand what why he's diving there because he's basically rounding the goalkeeper the derby game yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's literally a reenactment of the Derby game. He, he's got more chance of scoring than he does of scoring a penalty himself. Like, it's weird. But the thing just, is, he wouldn't have been taking the penalty no, if, he, if, he if, if it was given. So, I mean, we didn't really know who would have been taken. Because we've, You'd imagine it'd be Mitrovic. Yeah, you, that's what I'd imagine. So, and I don't understand why he, he's going around Begovic. You're going to be able to have a shot or score from there. Unless you have a mistake like what Bernardo Silva got up to yesterday. From, that was all very For Everton. But I don't understand what he... what. Is how his brain process works when it comes to running a goalkeeper. I don't, I don't know what to make of it. It's almost like too bizarre to even start to comprehend what what must be going through his head. No, and when he's one on one with the goalkeeper as well, I mean that's the loudest that Craven Cottage can physically get. And you've got the whole crowd willing you on to take it around the goalkeeper and just slot it in. I, I, no, no one in the Fulham crowd wants him to dive. And from where I was sitting, to be honest, I could see it from there. And that's the, around the halfway line. I'm surprised that. You know, the Fulham players didn't have another word with him and say, you can't do that here. Well, you would hope so, because there goes a golden opportunity to get a goal and get, get you know... Get back in the game. It's, yeah, one exactly. all, you know, it's at 1-0, it's, it levels things up. We hadn't been playing that badly at that point. No, it no, is. we hadn't, no. I, I, I maintained that for, you know, significant proportion of the game that we, were Fulham, were, were very good. No, I don't uh, think that's fair. We weren't good, we just weren't bad. But we, were, we weren't, the one thing that I would say is that we weren't giving Bournemouth really an opportunity. Yeah. And we were, we were stifling them and defending much better than we had done in recent weeks. You know, there was a pit, like literally in the first sort of five, ten minutes, it was Bournemouth were pretty much on the, on the attack and pinning us in our own, in our own box. And, we were defending really, really resolutely. They didn't really have a sniff at goal. You know, we were throwing bodies in the way when we hadn't done before. We were we were defending as a team, which we hadn't done yet this season. And it was actually quite pleasing to see because it was the first time that we've actually been under the cosh and nothing has happened. But, you know, the first time they actually get one clear op- opening of the box led to the penalty. So let's just keep... I want to keep going on Kamara because I want to get this out of the way and done before I can put it to rest and put it to bed. So you get booked for simulation, you know, whatever happens and at this point a lot of people in the crowd don't know if that's right or wrong so that's that's not the point he knows but but no one else does two minutes later he does the same thing again on the right wing there's no foul or anything given he just falls over when he's sort of like it's gone shoulder to shoulder and appeals again and you see the ref give him a withering look if you watch the full highlights you see the ref give him a withering look and then about five minutes later he does it again and and honestly for me it's got to be a mental thing. Like, surely that's not the mentality you have to have. I'm wondering if he's convinced himself that he didn't actually dive. Well, it's bizarre. Like, as in, I don't understand what could possibly be going through his head. Nothing, clearly. (laughs) Because if you've watched him play football, you'd you'd understand that. Yeah, yeah, Kamara is... As we said, he was just about good enough for the championship. Like, if you want to look at how many good games he had last season for us, I think you can look at about four or five. Like, there was a few a time when we beat uh, Forest away from home on the on the midweek on the Tuesday night. He was good in that game. He he he, he wasn't amazing at Holloway when we got the two two, but he grabbed both the goals. He was okay towards the end of last season, but that's several games maximum. And he's clearly not good enough for the Premier League, especially when you've got the likes of Vieto 
on the bench. You've in the game wants someone to play wide. You've got the likes of Aite. You've got the likes of Cabana who've played at European, like Europa League level before. And I don't understand what Kamara offers that they don't offer as well. Like Cabano gets in behind and does the dirty work for a right winger, which you don't see too often. And I didn't. He's clearly back fixed. The only player that wasn't fit was Joe Bryan. I just didn't understand what Slavisa's thought process was. So we get on to the the second half, and obviously there's dots going on. But Kevin McDonald gets sent off, and, and we'll come on to that. That's and just because he doesn't want to play on Thursday against Manchester City. I, I don't think anyone wants to play on Thursday <laughs> against Man City. But you know, aside from that, you know, McDonald gets sent off, and then Kamara commits a foul and kicks the ball away, mm-hmm. and, and like it, it goes on, right? It, it it doesn't stop. How how long do you give him before you, you know the ref would have done us all a favour by sending him off no yeah and what was quite funny when he kicked the ball away he calls over Tom Kearney as the captain to you know speak to both of them and say look calm your play down because I don't really want to you know put you guys down to nine men and put this game out of, out of reach and completely just ruin the game altogether um, which is kind of weird for the referee because the level of law he's got to go yeah um and it's, you know, probably Kevin McDonald will probably have a sterner word with him more than Tom Kearney, to be honest. And, yeah, it's just petulant from him. It's it's just a culmination of a lots of things that we've seen from Abubakar Kamara. But to be honest, like, to actually, you know, I don't want to get off Kamara as well, as you said, Jack, because to to single him out of this performance would be kind of wrong. Oh, yeah, because everyone I was absolute pony. So. I don't think that's fair. I, I don't think that anyone... Uh, had as bad a game and I'd go so far to say it's one of the worst individual performances in the Fulham shot I've ever seen no I would agree with that but I don't think anyone else no one actually came out of the game for me with any shining positives there's been there's been games where we have lost this season where you've seen oh there's been a positive there I didn't see anything because you weren't good going forward on like we have been in other games we've had one we had one shot on target which is Scherler hitting it straight down at Begovic in the first half I think after about half hour or so and it's not we were sort of getting we weren't getting the ball through the thirds and again all three goals we conceded were well the first two definitely anyway were our own fault well this was going to be my next question are there any positives to take I, I think that Farrell mentioned it earlier that to begin with we looked like we defended reasonably resolutely and, and yes we conceded three and I think that you know it's bad that you can talk about defensives taking step forwards after you concede three goals but I did think we were better at the back it's one of those it's one of those that you you watch back and you think we were quite good up until their kind of second went in because we didn't really didn't really feel like we were one nil down it felt like we were still in the game and I was thinking you know this is going to be showing signs of improvement it's not amazing it's not the finished article not all of these players are firing but they're starting to get better and especially after Tom Kearney came on we started to look like a unit again we were playing as a team we were moving forward as a team and then it all fell apart again because he took off effectively the guy that was playing left back yeah, it was a very strange move. And Slav substitutions are something we'll come on to. Farrell, was there anything apart from that that you grabbed out of the game that was will we take forward? We're looking into Huddersfield. We we spoke about on the pod last week about what is, you know, what what is the missing link in this team? What is what you know, we're talking about who's who should be playing where and what not. But we all kind of sort of came to the agreement that Tom Kearney is the missing link in this team. And when he did come on, we were starting to create things. He's so much more incisive and I don't want to sort of, you know, have lots of um sayings here or there but he just he opens gaps that no other player does and what he does really really well is that he he recycles the ball so much quicker than any other player on that pitch on Saturday he got it he got it out his feet played a good ball and played it right and every single one of those balls that he played was the right decision yes there were times when he slowed it down a bit but he slowed it when he slowed it down when he needed to slow it down when the team needs to slow it down and he picked up the pace when he needed to and was finding pockets of space that no other player on the pitch was having at that particular time I do feel like that when Tom Kearney is back you know absolutely fully 100% fit and starting every game that I do think it will come good I think that he is just that missing link that real real extra creative X factor that we do have in this team to actually unlock doors for players like Mitrovic to pick it up and Vieto to find pockets of space as well I mean it's no coincidence that when we've hit our really bad form that was when Tom Kearney got injured and it was the the same same last season as well well no there's no one who drives us between the between the thirds on the pitch it's like as you said with the sort of heat map of McDonald and Seri one why is McDonald him in in the opposition half. I mean, we said that was weird, yeah. yeah we, 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 no, we said this. Like he's effective if you could if you just play him in our own half, and he 
is just an anchor man and Seri needs to needed to be more forward. He was cleaning the ball too deep because well McDonald wasn't exactly helping him in the slightest. And I think we spoke about this last week. Is Slav needs to sort of, he needs to pick a system that suits players you've got, but he then needs to drill that system into the players. Yes, you can pick a system that on paper looks like it'll work, but if you've not drilled that into the players, it, at the moment it looks like he's trying, he's not drilling anything into them. And I don't think it particularly helps that when say players were drilled in that system you start off with the same defence that you've trained with all week and then halfway through the game he takes off one of those defenders and tells one of the midfielders to go and play left back Like it throws everybody out of kilter a little bit yeah. so although we looked better when Kearney came on we kind of lost our shape as well, well. we lost the threat that Sessegnon was obviously providing at that point and he had been probably Fulham's brightest spark although that's not saying much really is there something Dom and I think addresses to you mostly that the game where Fulham lost control of the midfield and even in the games where we've played badly we've kind of been in a fair midfield battle for most of them the game that we go to two in midfield where we've always played a three in midfield system even in when we had five at the back it was a three in midfield that that really worked together and bringing kind of Scherler out there and playing in that 4-4-2 and and Cameron obviously doesn't cut back in and and, and tuck in to to find shape which Scherler did when he was out on the right wing it's no surprise, really, that we managed to lose control of that midfield and therefore didn't create opportunities further up the pitch. Well, no, and especially when you're playing two midfielders who sit so deep. I mean, yes, Seri is a very creative player, but he does he does a lot of it from the deeper positions. And when you've got Kamara basically just hanging outside on the right wing, I mean, there's there was times in that first half where the amount of the, the gap I just saw on the right-hand side of the pitch, I was like... No, there was no Fosimenta there. There was no Kamara there, and I think Kamara doesn't. Why are you picking a player like Kamara who doesn't suit the system you want to deploy? I mean, it relies on those midfielders to tuck in a bit, which Cesc can do, but Kamara does, just does what he wants. He doesn't seem to follow any tactical instruction because he hasn't got any tactical brain. Bull, bull in a china shop kind of. Vibe. Yeah, and I just, I just, it just didn't understand like, the system we we sort of went out with. I understood about how that system could possibly work, but not with the players you picked. You know, I think if you're playing a team like Bournemouth as well, we like to have the ball as well. They've got they've obviously got. Brooks controlling the play from the field. He got the likes of Lewis Cook as well. It's just it didn't it didn't make much sense. And I mean, yes, it looked like a, a decent lineup bar Kamara, but then it clearly just didn't suit the opposition we were playing. And we've said this before that Slav needs to start, especially in the Premier League, picking a system that doesn't suit the way he wants to play, but suits the way we need to play. I I think I, t- I absolutely 100% agree. And I think that because the system isn't working, it's highlighting defensive weaknesses that we already have and amplifying them and. For the first time this this season, watching the game on, on Saturday, it was the first time that I actually said, do you know what, I do actually think our defence is not talented enough for this league. Players like, I mean, I love Tim Ream, but he, was looked, he looked out of his death. Adoy was really poor. Atrocious. He was really poor. And I, I, it's not for the want of effort, so I can't criticise him too much, but he's, he's quite clearly not good enough. He was run ragged by Callum Wilson, although he's a quite a good striker, but yeah. he's, he's no disrespect to him, he's average in this league. You know, and it made him look like an absolute world beater. Lamarchon was probably our, the best of the three centre backs, if you can say, on the on the pitch on 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 Saturday. But you know, it, it it's amplifying the 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 frailties of our our defence and and amplifying the fact that they're just not good enough. And perhaps we need to look at players who are you know have been playing in the Premier League for a long time, i.e. Mawson Chambers. So let's you know talk those defensive frailties through the measure of, of their goals, shall we? The, f- the first one's obviously comes from the penalty. Penalty for you, Adam? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's madness as well. I mean, Callum Wilson looks to me like his next touch is about to take the ball a little bit more wide. I know he has players in the centre, but uh, there's no need to come steaming in to take him out. It was it was always a penalty. Tom? Yeah, I said it was it was a stonewall penalty. As soon as it happened, I was like, he just clotheslined it for no reason whatsoever. It was it was it, I, don't, I didn't understand what benefit if Fossey meant to making that challenge had to the situation, the team. The, like as you said, Callum Wilson isn't cutting in to get smash it across. He's going sort of going out. I'm not saying he's, he's, he, he probably could have whipped a ball back in, but if there's did, no need to make that challenge there. If he did cut in, uh, the door is right next to him. No, he wasn't having the best game in the world, but positionally, when you watch that on back, the door is right next to him, so he can't cut in. He can only go wide, don't take him out there, and then that's not a penalty. We probably stay that half fairly even. So the second goal is obviously what kills the game, really, for us. It's a very strange thing, but for me, that's Dennis Adoy needs to win that ball in the middle. Yeah, I think he, I think he does. If, he, if you're going to say he's going to be playing every week and he's up, he's if he's up to Premier League quality, which I don't think he is. He's he's had a, he's had a, he's played okay this season. He obviously had a terrible game on Saturday, but I think if 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 he's going to be Premier League quality and he's going to have to start for us, you can't be losing the ball there. 
Yeah. And I think as well, um, the complete lack of right back, Fossi Mensa wasn't getting back to actually. Yeah, where is he? What's he I, doing? I, I haven't worked out where he is on the pitch, but you think about situations last year where this wouldn't have been the same, where Fredericks would have always got in. I'm not saying we necessarily miss him, but we always miss somebody who's willing just to sprint back and just cover our slow defence sometimes. Yeah, I think that's something to be said. So, you know, where we have gas in the right back tank, right? There is fast players there who feasibly could do the job that Fredericks did. And and we spoke a lot about how Fredericks wasn't irreplaceable and how actually there might be better players suited to our system because of the way that his final delivery was usually poor. But actually, we look like we're missing him more and more every week. Yeah, and I, you know, I do like Fossi Mensah and he, he's obviously got uh, some potential there as well. I don't think he suits our system as well he does get caught out positionally quite a lot there were times where he was appearing in like left wing um, there was a, I think for the third goal he was actually one of the players that closed down whoever it was on their right wing so our left wing and therefore creates like the huge gap that um, that appears out of nowhere for, for that goal um, and yeah I think I do agree that Fred. it does highlight that you know maybe Fredericks was missing him a lot more than we should do but yeah, we had a whole some we had a whole transfer window to to uh, to get that. It wasn't like it was a late transfer out. It was an end of contract thing that the club knew that he was going to move on, and we just couldn't get the the right person in. And it's not like they didn't have money available. To be honest, is it feasible to think about bringing him back? No, he, has, he hasn't got a game for ages, has he? I don't. I don't know. I feel like. He, he, I'm not uh, saying it'd be the right decision. No, I'm just I, saying, is it feasible? It's, it, I think it's feasible, but I don't think it would make a huge amount of difference to the because he still can't defend. No. So, but he, uh, but he did get around the back and cover a lot. Yeah, but I feel like if I feel like a lot, he won't be able to be as effective in that and doing it in the Premier League because we, you can say, oh, but well, he did it so well in the Championship. But we, we saw a lot of players who were playing absolutely terrible this season do well in the cha- in the Championship. We've seen him play for West Ham this season. I know maybe he's not in a necessary system that suits his attributes to to the highest order, but t- he's he's shown that he's not a def- good defender in the Championship, like defensively. So he's not going to be a good one in the Premier League. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Adoy obviously would just have singled out. He's a hundred percent to blame for the K-Mac red card, no? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, sold him out there. Yeah, I mean that was a poor, it was a poor pass. It was a poor five-yard pass to you know to to the guy standing next to you as well. I mean it's just when when your luck is out, then you're you know it's just is that luck though? Because think about it, the, the whole system is based around five-yard passes. Well, yeah, and it, it's a poor pass. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not going to sugar it. It was a terrible pass. I sh- you know I'm not shouldn't be so kind about it, um, but. We Fulham was so guilty of it throughout the whole game. Like some of our passing was so hospital, so suspect, and that was just the the, the one that led to something really, really clear for Bournemouth and led to the, led to the red card and really finished our stuff. You know, the whole game our passing was bad. The Cardiff last week, I kept on saying during the game, I was like, that that's not our passing. That that's not our passing. That's not our passing. It should be fired at the players to the feet, catching the other opposition. Um, off guard like you know I hate to hark on about it but Kenny's the only one that does that He, when he passes it passes and he passes well he fizzes it in yeah but it's also the problem that again as I said earlier all of the goals we're conceding aren't from good play from the opposition no no they're from, they're from us just making silly mistakes and then giving them an easy run through like as he said first goal penalty then the second goal Adoy, Adoy should be Winning that and, he, and it gives away an easy run for the Bournemouth player to run through. It's just and the red card again a mistake from Adoy. It's not we're not getting outdone by Premier League quality as such in the moment. We're getting outdone by ourselves. And the third the third goal is as easy as yeah. It's one pass. Oh, I was walking way down Palace Road by this point. So <laughs> well, one Tim pass. Ream, Tim Ream is like nowhere near Callum Wilson when that ball is played. Or he should have sensed that danger because the only player that's in and around him is Callum Wilson and he's closer to Dennis Adoy than he is to Callum Wilson Yeah. Um, and he should know I can't remember I, forgive me I can't remember who played the Bournemouth ball but he literally picked up the ball turned and immediately played Callum Wilson because he knew I know he know he's picked up the ball and he's like I know where Callum Wilson's going to be I'm going to play it into a good area the defender's nowhere near him to, to pick it up and a culmination of a bad, bad performance all round. Let's you know, let's not sugarcoat any of this. Where do we go from here? Let's ignore City for a minute. You know, that's a cup game. It's with one nil, Harvey Elliott, man. Yeah, <laughs> Harvey Elliott's going to score a hat trick. Actually, I think you'll find. But let's ignore City for a minute. We go into Huddersfield next week away. Obviously, you know they can't score and we can't defend. 
you know, what what do we do going into that game? Do we do we stick with what's tried and tested? Is it finally time to like put the brakes on and be like, right, this is what we're sticking with, or, or do we? How do we mix this up? Because you know, there is a point to be made here that we've been calling for a certain lineup for a while now, and you know, we're all pretty similar in what we want. But we're also calling for Slav to put some stability in place. So, you know, if he chops and changes again and we lose to Huddersfield, where does that leave us? I think you've you got to look at it and you say, what we said, our, the best system is obviously a 4 3 3 or 4 2 3 1 when all players are fit, right? Yeah. The only player who's out injured is what, Joe Bryan. So, you, for me, you've got to deploy that system. It's one the players probably know the best anyway. Yeah. And I think I, it's going to, for me, you're going to have to play Cesar left back. Because we have to, because we haven't got any other options, right? Ex- now. Exactly. The whole idea that Maxine Lamarchon is should be playing left back, or the Slavs seem to think is ludicrous. And I think Maxine Lamarchon is should be playing centre back because he's been great whenever he's played there this season. Mm. He has made mistakes when he's been playing left back. When he's been played through the middle, he's been fine. Like for me, it should be, it would it would have to be him and Mawson in the middle because Ream has been pony the last two games, put it lightly. He's he doesn't he hasn't showed any Premier League quality whatsoever. I think you still got to stick with Fossey, man. So I do believe he had a, he had a terrible game on Saturday. But I do still think he's better than Cyrus Christie. And then you got, then you look at the midfield and it's a conundrum here because yes, you need an anchor man and a sort of box to box creative midfielder, which we've got in Seri. But the anchor man, obviously, McDonald will be does he, he will sitting out his match plan for the Man City game. But you look at Anguissa, he's not an anchor man. No, no, he's not. Well, we've made this point was, numerous times. Sorry, he was pants when he came on Aguisa. In fairness, pants. he was he was thrown from the frying pan into the fire. Oh, you yeah, know, he but... came on with ten men with no. He replaced Seri when all we could see was we needed another midfielder yeah, to yeah. try and shore it up. It was all mad. No, but, but everything he did was pants. Like oh, yeah. it was his passing was even worse than everyone else. It, that was we, already on the I pitch. think just fit, play the system that we played in the second half against Watford. Because we were we were very very good in that second half, and I think what Mitrovich needs is he's been so isolated in the last few weeks, and he needs he's to be, getting frustrated. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah it needs game. to be a four two three one because it gets the bodies in and around. You got Kearney just in behind him. Then you have like that's like, so a Sherla, Vieto, Cabana, Ita, whoever's be playing out wide. For me, it should be Vieto and Sherla just off Mitrovich, mm. Kearney. It's sort of a, a more narrow four two three one than anything. They're not really wide players, but I think if you look, that's bit that's really the best system for us. And I think the main issue is the anchor position in that because it's so critical to the tactic and yet we signed a guy for 30 million who who for some reason we thought could play there but he can't do it in the Premier League we got McDonald I think he will I think there's a point to be made Frankie so that I think he will actually learn how to play that role because physically he should be capable of it and it's actually not once you get tactically disciplined it's not that difficult a role to play if you are capable of making yeah, decisions I think, I think if McDonald can do that role but as I said he just doesn't he just can't leave our half I don't think I mean Watching him for Bournemouth's second goal, where they completely bypass our midfield of him and Seri, it makes me think if McDonald is being told to sit there and defend effectively, he wasn't defending at all. He literally streamed past him. All of the suggestions that we're making here are not crazy things. And, you know, we're going back to times when Fulham have played well. And when we have played well is when we've had guys in and around Mitrovic, the players that like to play that kind of inside-out winger kind of role, you mean Vieto and Scherler, which are kind of like their natural positions anyway. And it will work a lot better now if Kearney's fit as well in the centre, just linking things up. And then playing, you know, Seri, Anguissa, McDonald. For me, Seri's got got to start. And then it's just a toss-up in between McDonald and Anguissa. It's not an absolute crazy thing to suggest. Is there ludicrous shouts to be made here? <laughs> Is it time to bring Ibrahim Assise in from the cold? <laughs> well, he'll, he'll just bang in goals like he does for his country. But, so. but two, you know, and this is rogue, but I'm going to put it out there because Cyrus Christie won man of the match playing in, a, in an unfamiliar central midfield well for Ireland against Denmark. Yes, Christian Eriksen wasn't playing, but he was still playing against the likes of Thomas Delaney who's at Dortmund. Mm. He was playing against Lassie Scherner. They, they, you know, they're not players who are of poor quality. And look, I don't think this is a long-term answer. <laughs> is this is this like when Morris Fultz was converted to a centre-mid and everyone was like, oh my God. It worked for Philip Lahm. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things. Kimmich yeah, is Christy, that Christy, Christy, Christy is not Philip Lahm or Joshua Kimmich. Of course Kimmich. he's not. Of course he's not. <laughs> We're not this, this, this is not an but, argument to be had. I'm but sorry. But he can tackle and he's and he's athletic. Well, he can't... He can't and don't know about tackling from right-backs. I don't know where he's going to get a tackling. Well, as long midfield. as he doesn't... Stroll, he was asked to mark my, my actual Monreal. I'm still standing up for this I, point. I, I, I think I there's a valid argument here. Only if we've got injuries. But we've, you know, we've got two two people no, I'd rather bring back Solomon Sambu and play, and play, play him in he's, in he's in National League North now I've heard get him in classic we'll you've got to make back. a point for the fact that if we play players in the right positions all the time we should technically do better and yeah, you know we've we've been criticised madness Adam I know, isn't it? absolute madness <laughs> I know but you, you go and we're playing Maxine Lamarchand at left back 
if he plays Cyrus Christie at CDM, who the fuck are we going to see up front? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose that is a valid argument. Well, I think that's probably all of it for Bournemouth, and, and we'll talk about Jukanovic's job and his job security later. But I think we will move on to our big game in the Carabao Cup this week. Can't City wait. away Can't wait. after the break. So Fulhamish has teamed up with One Football, the only football app that you need this season. Uh, you can get it on both the App Store and on Google Play. Using personalised news feeds, push notifications and a user-friendly interface, One Football makes it easy to keep up to date with the latest transfer news, scores and stats in one central place. Check out the One Football app and let us know what you think of it. Hello, I'm Lucas Piazon and when I'm not winding up Reading fans, I'm listening to Fulhamish Podcast. Welcome back to the Fulhamish Podcast. I'm Jack Collins and I'm joined by Don Betts. Hello, hello. Adam Farcarson. Right. And Farrell Monk. Hello. The Mad Monk himself <laughs> returned to the studio. I don't know why I'm starting to get this little bit of a reputation. Well, the Mad Monk. Well, it's a, it's a reputation you've earned through, the, through <laughs> your recent activities. I just need to stop activities. telling you guys stories. That's yes, basically what indeed. it is. Just before we get on to City, remember to check out Fulhamish's YouTube channel. Jack Kelly was on there as ever after the game talking to fans to get your views from outside Craven Cottage and he also snagged a little interview with Gentleman Jim and Jamie Reed. so that's on the YouTube channel and also Don Betts hosted full time from the old Suffolk Punch with Drew Heatley and Lydia Campbell so that's on there discussing the straight after view so if you want the heat of the moment stuff that's bang in the middle of our YouTube channel on full time Heatley of the moment so Let's talk about City, shall we? We go to Man City. My favourite thing about this is the odds for a ground score hat trick. Is yeah, they're nine? So short. They're nine to two. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Which, it's is, which is ludicrous. Yeah, it's mad. That, that's like, as I said, Messi to score in the first round of Copa del Rey levels of. Is like, it? Is it like? Is the odd shorter on him scoring like um, less goals or something like that? Like it's actually like. It's not like a boosted special. It's just like, this is actually what the it's odds like, are. It's actually like one goal is like 10 to 1, then it, the odds get less and less as he scores more I, goals. I think the odds are something stupid. Like, City are more likely to score 5 or 6 than we are to get, to get a result. Which is quite obvious. But, I mean, I think we were 33s to, to 1 to win. Something like that. That's mad, isn't it? Two Premier League sides playing each other and we're 33 to 1. That's crazy. You, you know, I, when I used to referee like um, the Bournemouth Academy games, they um, well, and they used to roll over every big, single... Big name shout out. Big name, yeah. Uh, got all the glamorous gigs. Um, they, they used to roll over all the teams in the area. like um, And what they used to do when they were like 5-0, 5-6, 7-0 up, what they would do was swap the defence and attack. Do you think we'll we'll be seeing like Nicolas Otamendi playing striker and uh, Aguero and Gabo Jesus at centre back? They'll just see how many people they can get on the score sheet against us, probably, won't they? Phil Foden will get about four. <sighs> yeah. Delphine Sanchez is going to come back on loan for one day and score a hat trick. <laughs> like, it's all really not very good. Patrick Roberts is going to come out and hear Ronna and uh, bag like two or three. Didn't yeah, Edison say at the start of the season he did want to get a goal this season? He'll get it against us. It's fine. Yeah. It'll probably just shoot from a goal kick. It'll bounce in. But uh, there is something to be said for the fact that we are we are on higher odds to beat City than Derby are to beat Chelsea. That's dark, isn't it? Don't you mean Frank Lampard's Derby? City? Frank Lampard, sorry. Oh, Frank yeah. Lampard's Derby. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, we I'm can't not, really throw any stones I, about that. We're, we're the, we're, we've I, got 18 right now. I, 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 yeah. I can't think of anything worse. It's going to be one massive Frank Lampard wank fest and I can't be asked to watch it. Like It's just going to be terrible. Did you see and what you said been, earlier? Oh, I'm really looking forward to going back and seeing 40,000 friends. <laughs> oh, do me a favour. So we're the same odds as Blackpool are to beat Arsenal. <laughs> Blackpool are in League One. <laughs> and we're both 33 to 1. Right, I'm putting a fiver on Fulham. I'm doing yeah. it. That's, that's really, really disheartening. <laughs> we are playing like a League One team, though. Oh, I completely agree, but like, as in, you know, okay, let's, 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 let's go back to some serious matters. Like, <laughs> I'm, this, I'm enjoying this. This is really upsetting me more than anything else. But is this just a free hit play the kids? Yes. Yep. Surely, all of them. Like, the under-21 should play. I mean, you could argue in the fact that he's saying if you're trying to drill a system in, into people, if you play the kids, play them in the system that he intends to play the senior players in, and then at least you can say, oh, look, the kids did this. Why don't you give it a try? Slav Mingo is going to go into overdrive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for the midfield pivot of Harvey Elliott and Matt O'Reilly, if I'm perfectly <laughs> honest, but we'll see how we go. I, I, I'm, not, I'm just putting it out there, I'm not doing a preview. I'm not like looking at the line no, 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 and we're going... Not. No, 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 not at all. It, it's, it's very much, this is very much an open chat about City. Because I, I, think that, I, I think it might be fun. Yeah, I mean, like, 
It'd be quite. Yeah, we can go and we can watch it with just. My favorite. My favorite thing about this is when you were when I was buying tickets, you could choose what tier. I was like. What, what, do you, what do you mean? Like, we're not going to even sell out one or sell out one block in one. Like, how many are so going? Gonna we have like, They're going to be like 20 people in t- tier three, I'm, I'm, five I can't in tier remember. one. I, I'd say 400. That's, no, that's more, quite, than, I more thought. than I thought. On I'd Thursday pro- night. Yeah, but then this is coming from the same person who told me for Liverpool away Sunday midday we sold 2,000. Oh, yeah, I'll say, oh, yeah. yeah. So, that, that, that's you know, I, I don't know. It can't be less than we took to Bolton on that Tuesday night in the championship because that was like 120. It could be less. Feasibly, it could be car- less. What about that Cardiff FA Cup 11 at 11.30 on oh, Sunday? I've actually never been more hungover at a football game in my life. How many people were at that? There wasn't... I think there was quite a few. There's probably more than there were Cardiff fans, actually, considering... You know, there, there, there was about, it was about half for them, half Cardiff. There was like Millwall the other week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. basically, yeah. It was, it, it was, it was one of them. And that I, one was more surprising, because you turned up, everyone was like, oh, yeah, I reckon Millwall are going to be a well-up for us. You turned up and it was like, oh, there's actually no one here apart from like was, some 11-year-olds giving, giving us abuse. To, I was speaking to a Millwall fan about this, and he was like, because they, they were on quite a bad run of form at the time. He was like, oh, we need to back the boys, we need to make it a fortress. I was like, Nick, mate, uh, there's no one here. Yeah, <laughs> You've got an empty stand. There's zero <laughs> people, Nick. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's it. Do do we play the kids? Who do you play? What's your what's your what's your lineup, Dom? Let's, let's go through. Ashby Ammon in goal. <laughs> I thought we were going to go like this. Right. Although to be fair, it's the league. Sure, so Slav's, re- Slav's re- weirdly going to play some weird three five three five two system again, probably. Mm. Can we give Fabri a go? Yeah, he can. Yeah, but I'd rather yeah, see Ashby Hammond get uh, bring back Jose Mourinho Junior. Get, get, get him get in. Him in. Yeah. Um, I think he I, hates City. Yeah, Steven Sess should play. Yeah, uh, so. if we're gonna go, if we're gonna say, oh, we're gonna play the same system as we want to do in a four-two-three-one, I think, yeah, Steven Sess, centre back partnership. What Jerome Apoku? We're gonna go for? I, I, do you know what? Like, I, I would actually say that I, if it was me, I would probably play Mawson. Yeah, I was gonna say Chambers because. I'd well, probably play oh, Mawson and Lamarchon together. Oh, yeah, uh, let, let's set yeah. this up. No, I, okay, yeah. I think no. Because Mawson obviously needs game time. Yeah, he hasn't look, actually played that much this year. If you look at it seriously, I think you do need to actually pick like a back line who Archie are going to be playing because they need to. I want to play Steven Sesta. I, I think he at right he, back. Yeah. Yeah, right yeah, back. Yeah, 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 right back. Centre back, centre back partnership would be of obviously more. I think Mawson and Lamarchon would would make sense just mm. so because obviously they haven't had much game time together, and I think they're the two best centre backs we've got. Left back, who who do we have anyone? <laughs> like Hi, Cyrus Christie. So the person playing left back for the under twenty threes today is Jaden Mundle Smith. Oh, get him in. Well, so he's on the plane. Big game I imagine player. he should start. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, I think yeah. Midfield pivot, Ibrahim Asisa is anchorman, and then your sort of box box creative player as Matt O'Reilly. I really do want to see Matt O'Reilly play. Yeah, I, I think that's Steven, the reason we shall. Steven Sess and Matt O'Reilly are two of the youngsters I really want to see play against Man City. De, uh, Della Torre I mean he yeah. he did very well against in against Millwall yeah I think I, I don't actually know what his best position is well I mean Slav's played him at right wing um, kind of a couple of times but you think about it as, as, as he, like a CAM I think we're going to play a 10 we should play a 10 he played yeah. really well yeah. in the 10 yeah. at Millwall I know it's obviously going to be very different against City but I'd play Della Torre I think the, the point here is that I reckon I'd give Fabri a run out in goal because mm. why not at this point I think that you, you start a, a back Centre back pairing of Lamarchand and Mawson because let's get them, you know, gelling, and then the rest of it's kind of up for grabs. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I think pivot of Cisse and Matt O'Reilly. I'd like to see that. Yeah, then they have Delatore and they have and then what on the left hand side we can have Aite, on the right hand side we can have Cabano. You've got the pace there of four out wide. Then at striker, it's it could be anyone. And also they've all got something to prove. You know, they're they're, all, they're going there. I with... wouldn't be surprised if we actually to play Kamara through the middle and see if he can ever reprieve. Yeah. John Dager, Thorn Steinson. No, mate. The Iceman, Ricky Barley, getting back in. Yeah. Well, I mean, what will have I reckon? You know what? Like, I reckon Sav's going to just play a full strength team. Like, could you imagine? Well, yeah, there, I think Hansen some... will play. I would put a lot of money yeah. on Steffi Hansen yeah. being in the side. There is something that should be said for the fact that we sh- probably should try and play a full strength team. Just yeah, it's, if... it's not like we're going to go. F- we're not in the Europa League. We're not going. No. We're not. We're not going to go far in the League Cup. Some of those players do need fitness. Maybe Kenny might get a start because he does. He might need a ninety minutes. Under yeah, his belt. I, I also said this last time though that you've got a, you've, we praise our academy and they've all been good. And then if it, there comes an opportunity for them to play and you don't play them, I think mm. if they're not going to play in this game, when are they going to play? And I think I know it's against Man City, arguably the best team in Europe, yet alone England. I think you need. To, I think it's just. I think you have to play them in this game just because. When, when else are they going to play f- like professional first team football? The problem is if you play the first team and they get absolutely spanked by like a city reserves, 
then that's going to do nothing for confidence, right? As if you play uh, a young team with, with, and they they have a go, and even if they lose, you know they've had a go at City, and and I think that's probably for the best. No? But I don't think Man City are. I think they're going to play like half reserves, half first team, because that's what they've done in the League Cup already this yeah. year. Their reserves are very good. Well, I think was it in the in the third? Well, the third round they played Jesus up front, yeah. and I can't remember who they played unfortunately, but it wasn't they like. Won. They, I, well, yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel like Kevin De Bruyne will play. That was, that's what I was going to say. He's yeah. coming back from injury. They, they want to get players game yeah, time I, like that. But I, yeah, for me, I, th- I don't want to play a complete team of youngsters, but the youngsters who we can see progressing into the first team, the likes of Steven Session and the likes of Matteo Riley, two, I think, you and maybe Delatore, I think you could argue, who are, have been in and around the first team. I think those three should play. I'm not saying play 11 youngsters, but I think those three are key. Yeah. Play Sessa, play Sessa right back, play Matteo Riley sort of as a creative sort of deeper line midfielder. They I know, do the double Sess. Mate, I'm not. I'm not going to say no. And then I think yeah, you got. You should play Luca Delatore because he's given him game time before, so there's no reason not to play him. Let's move on to the question bag, Farrell. You're in charge today of the old questions. Thank you very much, Jack. Uh, so we'll start off with one from White Noise. Big up White Noise. Big fan. Big not fan. real person. <laughs> Guns to this guy. Uh, he's like a sentient being. Like he is, yeah. no the all-knowing exactly. sentient being of Fulham. So. He goes, there are 14 games left after the transfer window. If we are still in touch with three teams currently around us by Christmas, um, should Tony Khan stick with Slav till the end, knowing he can buy him a new defence in January? I think that, I have said I said this last week, I think you've got to stick with Slav anyway, because I think if you get rid of him, you're, you're, you're going back to square one again. Like, you've given this manager, obviously, the resources that you have. He's, he's wanting him to build a philosophy as such at the club, and then you're not giving him the time to do that. Yes, I know he's been very tactically poor this season, but I think you should stick with him. I mean, people, you're saying Slav out, right? Or if you are, who are you going to bring in? I mean, yes, there's good managers out there. Obviously, Leonardo Jardim just left Monaco. Yeah, you got Ralph Hasenhutl. And why... But but I don't see why they would come to, to Craven Cottage. Like... Leonardo Jardim has been at a great project in Monaco over the last few years. Then you look at Haas News, who did a great job at RB Leipzig. I just don't see those managers coming to us. And I think getting rid of Slav, you want to you want to understand who there is available, who's realistically available. And I don't think there's a need to get rid of Slav. I think he he's always going to complain about transfers because he always does. And I think we didn't focus enough in bolstering our defence because old old Riemann Adoy played so well last season. But I mean, yes, we did focus quite a lot on Boston. No, no, but we did. But I don't think we signed necessarily players who would you saw as sort of being competent for us. I don't think we did. We, uh, why is when has Chambers ever been Premier League quality? Right, I, I don't think he ever has. He was really good in that first half season for Middlesbrough, and then after that, it all went. A yeah, bit, I, I, I didn't. Tom, I didn't. Like, Mawson was was the only signing I, I saw in the defence. Right, centre centre back wise, I was like, okay, I can see him being Premier League quality. Le Marchand looked like just an add on to the Jean Michel Serri deal, although he's been very good this season. Fair play to him. But I think, and that's obviously you know Fossi Mensa, We didn't. He wasn't. I can't see him being recruited. I saw him as he became available. Like as I, as I say, loads of times. So he got on football managers. Look, who's loan listed? Gone for Fossi Mensa. I think we didn't like do enough. We did we did recruit in our defence, but we didn't sort of focus on it. I think we we sort of should have. I assume we still abide by mm. you know the, the policy that it has to be approved by both recruitment and and scouting. So I don't see. I, I imagine that most of these players will have gone through a two tick policy, which suggests mm. they're fit. Well, it's I four ticks. I don't think you can. I don't think you can say that in regard to Fosu Mensa, Luciano Vieto, or Zambo Anguisa, because they were not. It's not like. Serious, not like Mawson, where these deals were touted for so long. And I maybe you say, oh, the information just didn't get released, but they were all very late on in the window, and they sort of came out of nowhere. Even Sherlock was touted for a while. I just feel like they sort of became available and they, they snapped them up. And I didn't think we put enough effort into defensive recruitment as we could. Yeah, yeah. just just to um, just to all to go back to the question uh, that White Noise has posed, and Adam, I'll go to you on this. Um, say say if that things get worse and worse and it was you know sacking was inevitable and I'm not I don't want to get I want to don't I want to get away from should we sack him or should we not when do you think is the right moment to sack him would it be would it be a case of let's wait until let's wait until he has another January transfer window for example or do you do a few weeks before the January transfer window I think it's I mean I, I find it difficult to answer the question considering I don't think you should sack him all season mm. I think you, if you're if you're going to get a plan you should stick with it even if it's like, because otherwise, if, if you chop and change, there is no good time to do that. 
it's always going to take a new bedding in time. You know, you think about he's saying the team's still gelling. If we make that change, like, say, after the Huddersfield game, say we didn't get a result, he makes that change. We get we take another two weeks with a caretaker in charge. God forbid, Scott Parker. And then we get that new manager in. He starts to instill his philosophy. The January transfer window comes along and we're already deep in trouble because he hasn't got the team to gel. So I don't think there is a good time to make that, that switch. I it's just whatever the results kind of say. I think there's something to be said for, you know, I, again, I'm also in the Slavian camp and, and last year I, I went early on, on the Slav out and I, I still do think there are moments to be said in that I thought that he was trying to be difficult on purpose last season. I don't think he's trying to do that. I don't that think the season. Slav out last calls last season were that sort of ridiculous. If no, you looked, I think they were quite if you, if you If you looked how, obviously, we, we finished the 16-17 well, season, obviously we got lost in the playoffs and then the next season, like... It just didn't. He was complaining again. It, it, it was making weird tactical selections. He was losing games we shouldn't have lost. I mean, that first half of the season was quite poor. I mean, if you look at this time last season, we were lo- we were losing to like so Bristol City. Was it four 0 at home? We only just about got a result against Bolton at home, and then obviously it was just from the Barnsley at home game right by Christmas where we sort of kicked on. And I think that yeah, last season there was more caution to be to be slab on there this season. I think, and also if we went down. Surely you'd want Slav to be the manager because I think he's the only foreign manager to have got a team promoted from the championship all once. Yeah, well, I, I think that's true, but there's something to be said for the fact that if his decisions get weirder and weirder and weirder, then surely there's got to come a point where you're like, well, this is ludicrous. This can't continue. Like, you know, at one point, what happens if if next week he he drops Mitrovic and starts Cameron Thompson up front instead? Like, there, you know, there are. At that point last season, he was making tactical decisions that were like almost indefensible. Like he was playing Steph Joe up front, Font on the wing. It was all it was carnage, and and there has been a lot of talk that that was politicking, that that was trying to to make a point and playing with the club season in order to try and hammer home a point. That's sackable in itself, I think. If we start to think that he's doing that again, which I don't, for the record, and and to you know put it on tape, I don't think that's the case this season. But there is a question that at some point it might start to happen again because it's not off. It's not off demo. He did it at Watford. And he did it last season. Yeah, I, th- I don't know. I feel like he still doesn't quite understand and he isn't quite adapted to the Premier League. And I think he has to be given the time because I think. Yeah. And I, as I said, if we, we, I don't see any problem keeping him for all season, even if we do do go down, because then he's still keeping the keeping the philosophy I guess you can say and he's he'd be very adequate to try and get us back up again and if we weren't prepared for the Premier League life this season we weren't prepared for the Premier League life yeah and um, I, I do echo what everyone says and I, I think the vast majority of fans out there are quite rightly saying Slavin and I'm firmly still Slavin even Great. if we do get relegated you know and I think one thing we need to take from it as well, like look, think think about what some of the players are saying. I mean, they they're obviously coached to say this and that, but there's an element of you know some of their own opinions, and even someone like Tim Ream, who's quite mild mannered, and we he came out and said we don't know what the question is, but he he's quite clearly laying the blame on the players around him, not on the manager, and I think all the players are still behind him as well, and you know all of this right now, it's it's all murmurs. It's not really there's no real slav out brigade at the moment. There are just there's only a few people here and there who. Are making noises yeah I think so. I think that's all right it's all well and good it is and at this point I think you're completely correct but there does have to come a point where you know when he stops doing things that are obvious and, and actually there's a point to be made that when he started doing the obvious things last season is when we became good and when yeah. we started winning when we started playing players in their proper positions when we went back to the formation we knew and trusted all of those things and if he does that again um, and it turns this round, then that's fine. But we do have to worry about what happens next season. And well, if he yeah. doesn't get the players he wants, do we do the same thing all over again? Because this has happened every season. It's been yeah. Slav in charge, and that seems a bit weird. Well, okay, well, you know. But it I'm, just, it I'm just, with it you. Just means... I just want him to make the right... Yeah. If he makes the right decisions constantly and we get relegated, I'm quite happy to go down with him. Mm. But if it's a case of making weird decisions almost, almost on purpose then I don't think you can abide that and stand by and watch it happen. Well, hopefully it's just going to go the way of the last two seasons. We'll get Champions League football at the end of the year. How's how's that go? All right, we'll we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, So this one's from Lawrence Lavisa Craven. I hope we wouldn't be asking this already, but who should we look to bring in? Or more broadly, what do we need most in January? Uh, And I'll probably just caveat this question just to say, let's talk about it more broadly. Let's not talk about specific targets or whatever. If there was one position that you would fill, you only had one position to fill in the entire January transfer window, which which position would we go for? Dom? Hold him in field. Yeah, anchorman. 
Anchorman because yes, I think with and also if you if you can't also it's very easy to sort of buy capable defenders. If, like, well, well, we, well, we haven't not. done it. We've struggled so far. No, we haven't done it, but I think Ben Jarman's available. I mean, no, I've seen him play. It's, no, so I mean, I was just saying this. Isn't it? It's an easy. It's, it's, I'd rather have the problem of trying to fix a bad defence and fix a team who can't score goals. Yes, completely. Because scoring, and we have scored goals, which is yeah. which is a positive, right? Yeah, I think Saturday was the only time we've probably been poor going forward this Agreed. season in a game yeah. like we, whenever we've been we're on the ball and going forward we've looked positive in the games and I think Anchorman is so critical to the system we want to play and I don't think we've got an Anchorman as such we've got Anguissa would probably do very very well in the position Seri plays because if you if you look at his stats this season he's been, he's been great when he's been dribbling driving the ball forward McDonald as much as I want to see him do well in that position, it's time and time again this season you're seeing, is he really that good enough? Is it just a sentimental value getting in the way? So for me, I think a defence can be coached into playing well. They're capable defenders. Mawson, Lamarchon are capable defenders. I think, and same with Fosu Mensah, Joe Bryan. I think they can be teached into a coherent defence, whereas that Ankman position is so key, I think we need to find the right player for it. Agreed. Adam? I, th- I think I agree that we, we could do with an Anchorman to fill that position, but if it was one other kind of signing I was thinking about, it, we need somebody to back up Kearney. We've seen how pivotal he can be to our system. If we need somebody at 10 to link those two positions, maybe you get a backup for Kearney as well. I'd take a left back on top of those two things. Left back would be my second priority. We've asked for left back for the last four years. I would like a left back just because, you know, the problem is that we've seen already that I was quite happy when Joe Bryan came in. I thought he was a capable alternative to target. I still think that. I think that Joe Bryan, when he's played, has looked good. But if he's going to have recurrent injury problems, we need a second choice there. Oh, mate, you just get Thiago Meyer and he can play all of the positions. All of the positions, yeah. yeah. I was thinking that, you know, a Fabinho-esque player who can play right back and defensive midfielder, then we're, then, but on the left, then we'll be sorted. As, as a quick follow-up question, and there was quite a few people that did ask this question as well, uh, and again, thank you to everyone that sends the questions in, they were really good. A couple of people were, were talking about would you take people like Matt Target back? And I was... Um, yeah. And... You know, they talked about Callas and Piazon. You know, they were they were obviously good players, and I, I think that I wouldn't take Callas and Piazon. No, for what I'm, I'm, af- well, I'm afraid I'm going to have Callas to Callas back since he's on loan at Bristol no, City. Like, I, I wouldn't. Even no, 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 I wouldn't. No, I, no, I, I think that okay. You know, we asked the but question. I think Target but we, is a good. But yeah, the one I want to ask you boys about would be Matt Target. Yeah, Target back I, in I think the way you got to look at it is Callas and Piazon weren't mainstays in the team last season, whereas Matt Target was as soon as he came in from January. The only game I think he probably didn't complete or anything was probably the Birmingham game and like I think he, he and he's got the, he's got the, he knows the, a lot of the team he, he's got sort of a, he was adapted to the system we were playing and he was very very good at it and I think Joe Bryan's taking a bit longer to adapt to it I think if you if, if targets was available I don't see a reason why you can't bring him because we've seen when Joe Bryan's now been injured we don't have another left back I mean Matt Target when he came in in January I think he was Arguably, Mitrovic's goals got us promoted, but Matt Target was a brilliant signing to come in in January. If he could do the same thing in the Premier League, it's it's a no-brainer. But it depends whether Mark Hughes would let him go. Yeah, for, or for, if Mark Hughes will indeed be in charge at Southampton. True fact. Yeah. So Jordan Harrison has sent one in. Uh, thank you, Jordan. Can you explain to me what Seri does? He's immune from criticism when he's not laid a foot on the opposition midfield since Brighton away. Adam? I mean... Seri, in the right system, is a brilliant player. What he does at the moment is he's trying to do two roles. He's trying to sort of get forward and do the 10 role whilst playing the 8 role and trying to cover our midfield. And looking out for the 6, which doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. He's, <laughs> he's kind of trying to do the whole midfield. He's doing too much. And he relies a lot on kind of bouncing off other players. So you think about a Kearney in there, or even when Vieto's there, he has intelligent players that he can bounce the ball off. When he tries to bounce the ball off McDonald, it just... Bounces off him, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, and straight into the defence. Well, I think you make a good point that whenever we've, whenever he's been playing in in with Kenny, with Vieto, the two pretty most more intelligent, creative players in our squad, he's played great. But as you said, he's trying to, he's not trying to do too much. He has to do too yeah. much because there's no one else to do necessarily those roles for him. Like he needs to be obviously the box to box creative midfielder. But then there's been no tennis, there's been no link between the midfield and the attack ever since Kenny's gone out injured. So I think, yeah, I think Seri, he's not immune to criticism. He's just he's having to do too much, and he's. I don't. You can criticise that he's not been influential, but he needs the other players to help him be that influential centre midfielder. I thought that this weekend and added to recent weekends, he's lacked a little bit of bite in the middle and and I stand by that I think that while that's not necessarily his job straight off 
he, everyone needs to be adding to that. Everyone needs to be adding fuel to that fire and, and getting in at them and getting around that midfield. And even if it's not, I'm not saying he needs to start hacking players down because that's obviously not his game. But in terms of just getting in amongst it and being in there, and, and there is something to be said for in the second Bournemouth goal he gets the ball and loses it again yeah. in the build up mm. and I think that in that kind of situation he needs to do far better in terms of just getting a foot on it and, and even getting rid like, and, and I'm not one of those people that thinks that you should hoof the ball out of play every time you're in a dangerous situation I like players playing it out but there are situations where you just got to just cut your losses in that kind of regard um, and his kind of losing the ball in the middle there did lead us getting opened up a little mm. bit more I do think that he's probably our best player still. And the way that when he played against Watford, and I think that you know something to, to contradict that he hasn't laid a foot on opposition midfield is that against, in second half against Watford, he absolutely controlled the game. He, he you know was playing passes over his shoulder, was playing balls. He didn't even look and he knew that there'd be a player on the opposite touchline waiting for the ball. And I think that with that kind of quality in midfield, that's how we beat teams. That's how we look to get a hold of games. And if we can get him in there linked with Kearney and find an anchor that holds them both up, then we'll have a seriously good midfield trio. And if we do that, we'll get control possession-wise and then we'll look to beat teams in the way that we know how. Yeah, I totally agree. And and um, I think Seri is, I would say, he's up there, if not our best player. Um, he does, uh, Jack is quite right, quite rightly said that he does win the ball, but then tends to play himself into trouble quite a lot of times. The amount of times he pivots, he, he looks like he's going to lose the ball and then doesn't. But obviously it hasn't, you know, on, on Saturday it just heightened with the fact that we, we weren't playing well. He didn't really have an outlet to play to uh, as well. Um, but, you know, the one moment of quality that Fulham had in the game was literally the Kamara chance within early in the game when he literally took one touch and found Kamara straight away, you know, and that was a difficult ball to, to do. And I do think that, that Seri does need to step up a little bit, but to look at him to say that he hasn't got the bite in him, I think that it's just a symptom of the whole team, not just him. I mean, obviously it stands out that he's, you know, cost the most money in the team. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay, last one. And what I'll do, like, because we usually do... Uh, what we think the Huddersfield team is on Monday what I'll do is I'll pass it pass it round and one person's going to do the goalkeeper one person's going to do the defence one person's going to do midfield and we'll leave the striker because that'll be the easy one because we, you we all have, know you we can all, have that one I'll mate. have the one so Kamara up front um, <laughs> <laughs> Dom goalkeeper Monday I think Rico I don't think he did anything wrong no I think no. You, you look at the near everyone says oh you've got to beat his near post I'm like it's the end of the game we're 2-0 down already we've done a lot we're going to get back in the game we're down to 10 men he's just like oh, I can't be arsed basically I don't think it was that I just thought it was Rico strike it is it is but I mean he, you're not going to be like like if it's the last minute you're trying to hold a league diving for everything if you know what I mean I think Rico like changing them back to bets again which is just it's just crazy. He's got to have a run, at least a little go in the team to see if it. If improves. you're going to give Bettinelli that amount of goals against him, Rico deserves similar. Yeah, yeah, agreed. That's you're on defence. You got the yeah. hard bit. Oh, you could, you could choose whether four or well five. Please I'll, don't pick five. I'd go with four at the back against yeah, Huddersfield because <laughs> I do think we. I think we need to stick to our guns. And we need to attack because it's the only thing we're technically good at this season. I know we weren't the last game. So win I, five four. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably start. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd rather go and try and win five four. Yeah. Um, so left back, I'd start with Sess at left back, unless Brian. That's a, um, assuming Brian's not fit. Um, at the two centre backs, I'd probably go for. I don't think Tim Ream's quick enough. Um, I'd probably go with Lamarche on, and depending on who plays at City, um, I'd probably go somewhere like Mawson. And then right back, um, I'd probably stick with Fossi Mensah. Okay. And Jack, what kind of five in front are you going to go for? Yeah, I I think that I'd go Vieto and Scherler out wide, well, as a three behind. If Kearney's fit, then Kearney plays in the 10. That's that's the obvious one. A Seri, Steri starts for me, and I, I think we have to go with Anguisa. I do I do agree that I don't think he's that DM. I don't think he's that anchor man. No, but I think away from home you need his legs. But I think we need the energy and the bustle that he brings. And something that I said after the Arsenal game was that, yes, he lost the ball a lot, but he often wins it back or gives away a foul in sort of like non-threatening areas, yeah, all, which I'm all, kind of okay yeah, with. Yeah, with Anguissa as well. You, yes, in the Arsenal game, he wasn't that good, but we were a lot worse after he came off. Yes, agreed. Absolutely. Like, how how bad we were after he went off was worse than how bad he was playing, if it makes sense. Yeah, I, I think so. I'd go Anguissa, Seri, Kearney, Vieto and Scherler, although I'm not averse to keeping Scherler on the bench and using him as an impact sub. And I'd starting either Cabana or Aite instead. Mm. So who's going to go up front, Faz? 
Oh, I don't know now. Cam- <laughs> I told you already, Cameron well, Thompson. Well, you know how like Slavisa uh, a couple of years ago would sort of like, you know, or last year even where he would rotate the striker depending on who was playing out on the right wing, you know, because he used to play, God knows who, you know, it used to be like an Ojo, um, other, you know, whoever was playing out front at the time. So maybe if if uh, a Cabano is or a Ite is on the right, he's going to put put Kamara up front instead. You know those. God, I miss Topsy Ojo. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that Mitrovic. There's there's only one option up there, and that's Mitrovic. And God forbid if he ever gets injured, he must be getting a little bit tired. He's played every minute. Yeah, and he just yeah he played every minute. To be honest, he doesn't move around that. No, much, no. but he. Do you know what? Like. I, I was on the tweets for like 10 minutes on Saturday before Jack could get some Wi-Fi. And uh, I was just about tweeting, do you know who our best defender is at the moment? It was Mitrovic. He, yeah. must, he won more tackles than, the, than the, the whole Fulham team combined in that first 10 minutes. And then as I was tweeting, Bournemouth scored. So Yeah, so he cancelled that and that <laughs> yeah. was that. Fair enough. And that's probably just about time we've got for this episode. Farrell, I'll leave one more thing for you, which is to name this episode. Well, there were some great suggestions on there. Your creativity spark was 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 loud and clear. On Much the better than Fulham's. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but we've got to go with uh, the 28, 28 goals later. It's a good one, isn't it? It's yeah, a good one. Adam, you're going to whip up some, some magical artwork. Yeah, I'll it? get on that as soon as I get on. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you very much, Adam, for, for joining us today. Cheers. Thank you very much, Don Betts. It's all right. And thank you, Secretary Farrell. Thank you. I've been Jack Collins. This has been Fulhamish, your independent voice of Fulham FC. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Night is.